Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. Delighted to have you here listening to the Speaker Lab podcast for another episode of our Coaches Corner series. Now, there are a lot of fun perks in our Speaker Lab programs, but our amazing coaches who guide our students through the ups and downs of building a speaking business are the heart of our mission. Every single day, our coaches dedicate their wealth of experience to helping our students gain the clarity and the confidence that they need to make an impact as a professional speaker. Today, our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, is going to be taking over the show along alongside one of our other incredible coaches. And together, they're going to guide you through time-tested strategies and tough topics with the practical advice and wisdom that only comes through decades of experience. So whatever stage of your speaking journey that you're in, I know that you're going to benefit from this conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic to them. Enjoy. All right. So welcome to today's Coach's Corner. My name is Mary Alice Goldsmith. I am the Director of Student Success here at the Speaker Lab. And today I have one of our fabulous coaches, John Ball. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm so happy to be here recording with you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with you. I, this is your first uh, podcast, your first official Coach's Corner, correct? It is. And that's why I'm so excited. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we have a great topic and it's a topic that comes up a lot with students. Um, our speakers come to us and they have all these wonderful ideas, some of them a little grandiose. And so this topic comes up in a, in a variety of ways. And hopefully after today, there is a lot of clarity. Um, but we love to talk about podcasting and the benefits um, the risks. <laughs> I know that's a little extreme, but there could be some. Um, and when and when not to use it in your business, um, especially as a speaker. So um, I, let's let's start with your experience. I know you have a ton of experience and several podcasts. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I started my podcasting journey way back in 2012 and didn't last that long at the time because not many people were listening to podcasts. And I guess I, I didn't have uh, enough faith that it was going to take off. Now, of course, I kicked myself and wish I'd stuck with it. But I came back in 2019. I'm one of the pre-pandemic podcasters. Mm. Uh, so I started doing it before lockdowns and things. Um, but it was something that I started to do. I knew I wanted to come back to it, and the opportunity came up in my Toastmasters club to pick that as a project. And I thought, yeah, let's do that. I've been wanting to. I can kill two birds with one stone. And I had so much fun doing it. Not a clue what I was really doing, but it was <laughs> it was so much fun. I wanted to do more of it. Well, fun is key, right? Because once it yes. stops being fun and it's just all a job, that's that's one of the pitfalls of podcasting for sure. And we'll talk sure. about ways to avoid avoid it becoming a burden 
versus a pleasure and, and fun. Um, but let's talk to, for, for the speakers out there that are interested in possibly adding podcasting to their brand, um, what are some of the benefits in terms of promoting their speaking business using podcasting? One of the main things is that an audience is going to get to really know you. And if you have a topic that people like, especially in the audience that you are going for, that people are going to start talking about you, hopefully, if you're putting out mm -hmm. good content and you're doing it as well as you can do, then you may find yourself getting requested more often. And that is just great positioning. You can pretty much decide what you want to say. You can go into probably far more detail over a period of time than you would be able to in, in a keynote or even in workshops. And your audience are going to be hearing your voice in your ear. So people who have heard the podcast before, when they hear you on a the stage, they're going to have heard you and be familiar with your voice. And that's a, a huge level of rapport. But one of the things that even I didn't know when I first started podcasting was probably the biggest benefit that I've experienced overall is the network building. Like the podcasting community is amazing. It's very mm. generous, much like the speaker community. And there's a lot of crossover both ways. And so the power to build a, a really, really useful network that you can be useful to as well is probably, I would say, the number one benefit for me personally for podcasting. And I think for most speakers as well. Yeah, because there's there's the benefit of having your own podcast. There, there's some benefit to that. But then also guesting on other podcasts. And I think, that, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but if, if, if you come to me and you want to be on my podcast and I find out you have a podcast, well... You rub my back, I'll rub your back type of thing, right? We're going to have a lot of crossover, yeah. yeah. And I do generally think, um, not hard and fast on this, but I do generally think guesting is a good place for people to start rather than just launching into your own show, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you are just getting started out. If you're in your earlier stages of building a speaking career, then guesting is much more a place to start because otherwise having your own show the amount of work that does really need to go into that is going to be one more thing that may slow down your progress in building up your speaking business and your speaker pipeline and we don't want to do that we don't want to slow anything down for you uh, it will be great positioning if you have the time and you enjoy doing it and you're going to do it anyway great um, but otherwise you might want to wait you might just want to wait until you're a bit more established and you find that you have that time free you have the capacity to be able to do that and some budget as well because it is good to have a bit of budget not just for equipment and things but also for marketing and other things that you may want to use mm -hmm. yeah to get to get the podcast out there um some of the other things that's great in, in terms of podcasting as a tool to promote the business is the list building aspect of it. You know, if you, if, you know, if you speak to leaders about, uh, how to lead with integrity, you could be on your podcast, opening the show and saying, Hey, download my 10 part, you know, method to leading with integrity, you know, click on the link in the show notes and, and people can then start uh, becoming part of your email list. So list building is another, um, symptom or side effect of, of having a healthy podcast too, which is, is beneficial. It is. To and it's one, yeah, it's one that a lot of people miss, to be honest. Mm -hmm. 
and not not having a lead magnet or not having a, an attractive lead magnet because it does need to be something that people are going to want to download not just something you randomly thought up and like well hopefully people will download it it does need to be giving away some good quality information that your audience are going to want once they've listened to you and when people do have this often the mistake that then goes on to be made is having more than one call to action at the end of a podcast. Like, oh yeah, come and find me on social media, come and connect with me here, or check out my website. Just one thing, just one thing is all people are going to really hear and take action on. Make sure it's your call to action that if you have, uh, if you have a lead magnet, get people to go and sign up to that, make it as easy as possible for them to do that and grow your list because that there is so much money in your list and, and building your email following and being able to offer additional products and services around your speaking. So absolutely high value. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do a little uh, master tip for, for marketing. Uh, Cause you just, you just sparked my thinking when you were talking about call to action. Oftentimes people forget to tell people how to actually follow through on the call to action. So instead of just saying, Hey, get my 10 part method on how to be a great leader. You have to actually say, go to the show notes, click the link, press the button and download, add your email. (laughs) You have to actually walk people through those steps because not everybody understands what a call to action is or how to, how to execute on that. So don't be afraid to pretend that you're talking to like a fifth grader in your marketing because that actually converts higher. So just a little side note there. (laughs) I'll go one better with that, Mariana. So I'd say that, uh, yeah, yeah, just to add on to what you're saying, because that is a great tip. Um, but if you can actually get, uh, a, a, catchy name like if your website is easy to remember or it's just your name and you can name your lead magnet something simple or at least have a simple title for it there read out the link there as well because a lot of people won't go to the show notes so Mm -hmm. read out the link if it's being videoed as well ask your host to put the link up on the screen the clickable link up on the screen for the video as well so yeah just anything that makes it easier for your audience is going to help Easy breezy. It's not easy to keep people's attention nowadays. So easy breezy. Okay. So let's talk about why would a speaker, you know, we have speakers that come to us every day, all different types, sizes, shapes, all the things. And why would you encourage someone to add podcasting to their speaking business? There's a number of things. I think we've we've touched on some important ones already. I say one of the best things that I've experienced for me in terms of my speaking was getting better at talking about stuff and learning how to be a bit more high impact when I needed to be as well. Because you don't have very long to make an impression on a podcast, to make a good impression. You can't just drone on about your life story. And, And I'll be honest, that is what so many people do. And it turns people off, like literally turns them off the channel. They will find something else to listen to. People's attention spans, as you say, rightly, are not that long. And if you're boring them, it's even, you know, they're out here. They're (laughs) going to listen. They're going to either find another episode of the same show or they're going to just go to whatever else is in their podcast queue. Because most people who listen to shows listen to more than one. So if the topic isn't interesting, if your presentation of that isn't interesting, um, it's not going to go anywhere. So there's valuable skills to learn as a speaker. 
and to switch on the energy. There is always that performance aspect as well. It's all stage time. And mm. so I consider, consider it as that. And you have a very different platform for people to actually get to know you a bit more as a person, not just as a person on the stage, but a bit more as a person who is in conversation usually with, with someone else or with a group of people. There's some real opportunities to shine. Mm. And also very powerful opportunities to create marketing materials. Even if you're guesting on other people's shows, Usually they won't mind if you want to take clips of their shows and put them out on your own social media or for your own marketing to help grow your profile, especially if you do manage to get on some quite well-known shows, which can take a while to build up to. Yeah. No, I love that. That That's a great thought. Like it is, it's a great opportunity to just learn how to speak and have a conversation with your audience without an audience being able to say something or, you know, it's, it's similar to being on a, a stage with 5,000 people doing a keynote, right? It's like, you're not going to be able to have a outright conversation with your audience, but you should be having a conversation with your audience, quote unquote, as you're speaking. And so podcasting really does amplify that skill of keeping an audience engaged, working on your energy, working on your content. Um, but I think, I think what's really key is if a speaker's wondering if they should add speaking, I think they need to look at their bandwidth. I think they need mm -hmm. to really assess their passion within their niche. Uh, and they, they also need to think about their audience. Is your audience listening to podcasts? Do they have time to consume your information? Um, you know, there's not a lot of Joe Rogans in the world that can keep people on a podcast for over three hours, right? Over the course right. of like days, it takes days to listen to a podcast like that. But, you know, really assessing your audience, like is a seven minute quick podcast more your niche or is a 45 minute podcast something that your audience can listen to? So really thinking about all of those things, it's not just, oh, you know what? I like talking about this. Let me start a podcast, right? We also yeah. want to assess the audience your time, your passion, your bandwidth, because if you're trying to build the speaking business and you're trying to build the podcast and you're trying to do, and you're trying to do, and you're trying to do, you see how it can get very overwhelming, right? Um, yeah. So, and, and it's not, it's not like, um, trying to like create a, a crop in, in, and do a massive harvest at the end of it. Mm -hmm. It's more like growing orchids or growing plants, <laughs> beautiful flowers that need a bit of tending to. And so you're not just going to pick any old thing. You're going to be a bit selective about it and, and take that approach with podcasting as well. Early on, going on a bunch of different shows that maybe aren't that relevant isn't going to hurt you. It's going to be some good experience. But as you do more of it, you want some bang for your buck when you're going on podcasts. So try and get on podcasts that are relevant to you, your topic, your audience as much as possible. And go for some of the shows that you think you may not be able to get on. Because if you're creative enough with how you reach out to them and aren't just, oh, please let me be on your show, yeah. um, then there's a chance that they might at least consider you even if they don't take you. So I say, don't, don't be afraid to go big, but yeah, I wouldn't be applying to go on Joe Rogan or Jordan Harbinger or yeah. um, no, Adam Grant or anything like that too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, um, you know, you just mentioned reaching out to uh, be on podcasting. I think it's really important to um, make the connection with the podcaster, you know, like, Hey, I was listening to your podcast. I love the episode number with insert name. Uh, one of the things you all touched on was this, this is something I really go deep on 
in my niche of speaking. And I'd love to talk more about that. Like that, that you're coming in as from a service perspective with a very special, um, unique understanding of a, of a topic in a deeper way. Uh, so you know, you never want to just make it about you or this desire to just have a fun conversation. You have to come with expertise and impact. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, um, who Gary Vaynerchuk is, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, whether you, whether you're a fan or not, he does a really good job of going on podcasts as a guest because he shows up really well prepared. Mm-hmm. He has some really punchy one-liners. He makes stuff really memorable. And usually you'll find he's checked out some other shows as well. So he'll refer to other guests that maybe have been on the podcast. I've only ever encountered maybe one or two guests on my own show who do anything similar. Mm. And so that that whole thing of being able to show up and actually deliver some stuff that is going to be memorable and it, you don't need to be you don't need to match his energy necessarily if that's not you I'm not I'm not high paced I'm not super high energy you know I'm a bit more laid back <laughs> but you can still be a bit more energy than you might normally be just in a casual conversation because you do have to turn it on a little bit mm-hmm. for the microphone for the cameras and, and for the audience but it's a good way to think about it that um you want some some things that are going to stick in people's heads when you're going on the shows can, can i share a really top secret yeah <laughs> oh drum roll yeah. there's a it's drum roll here john <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'll often say to, to to our students as well is that it doesn't actually take that much to go the extra mile, far more than other people will. And you'll be amazed how many people just don't. They just do the bare minimum or mm. maybe just above that. But if you actually check out the shows that you want to go on and you pitch them an idea for a show that perhaps they haven't really covered or you have a unique perspective that they haven't really covered before. So it might mean listening to a few of their episodes. Send them in a video presentation. It doesn't have to be hugely long, but a video presentation of why you think you'd be a great guest, what you can add to their show, to their audience, and that you'd love to connect with them. I guarantee you'll hear back even if you don't get accepted on the show. But so few people do anything like that. You will stand out a mile, head and shoulders above yes. everybody else. I love that. That is a really, really great pro tip. And I, I think, you know, I think energy could be perceived in different ways, right? Like when you show up that way yeah. and you bring that level of energy, it doesn't mean you're like, hey, I'm Mary Alice and I want to be on your podcast <laughs> because I have great information for you. It's not that, right? It's, it's more like I'm knowledgeable. I'm confident. I know it can make an impact on your show. I know that together we can make this topic like amazing. Like there's that energy of of well-researched confidence, knowledge, and, and that's very powerful. And that 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 yeah. confident energy, that's what podcasters want those type of people on their shows, right? Um if 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 you're thinking about running a podcast, you wouldn't want somebody who's just like, "Yeah, well, I think I could kind of talk about that." Like nobody wants that energy. They want somebody who's like, "Oh, no, no, no. I could talk about this in my sleep all day, every day." Yeah. You know? So yeah, um, somebody who I really love is uh, Vanessa Vanessa Van Edwards, I think is the right name. She has an amazing book called Cues, a few other stuff as well. I uh, love following her like a lot of good understanding about people's behaviors and things like that. And research has shown, and she talks about this a lot, that the two most important qualities to come across as, as a speaker, probably, and as on a podcast as well, is to get across a sense of warmth and competence. And if you can be in that energy, 
you can be more trusted as a voice. So yeah, you definitely don't have to be the like you know level ten energy the whole time, mm-hmm. if, especially if that's not who you are, and you know it's not <laughs> it's not who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can you, know, you can have some range with that as well. But be authentic, true to who you are. Turn it on a bit so that you, you know, step your game up a little bit. But more than anything, aim to give a sense of warmth and competence in your voice, in the things that you say. You should sound like sound like you know what you're talking about without making stuff up or getting caught out on it. And you should be able to ideally defend your positions as well, especially if you go on a podcast that you might get challenged on some things with. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So obviously it's much easier to be a guest. I mean, you shouldn't just show up. I think we just covered that big time. Like have your knowledge base, do your research. I would never be a guest on a podcast that I didn't listen to myself. You definitely have to listen to the vibe and the energy and the essence of that, that podcast brand. Um, but if a speaker really is thinking about starting a podcast, what would be some reasons why you would suggest that they don't? Not to be negative, but just looking at both sides, right? We've already mm-hmm. talked about how it could be really beneficial for your brand, um, networking, building a list, promoting yourself, all of that. But what would be some reasons why it wouldn't be the best idea to start a podcast? Hmm. I don't know that there really are that many reasons not to, unless you really don't have the bandwidth. Um, or if if you have expectations that you're going to get a million listeners within the next few weeks. Or a, <laughs> podcasts are a slow burn, so you really do have to manage your expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that there are so many good reasons for doing it. So I say, you know, as we mentioned earlier, if you're in your earlier days, if you don't really have bandwidth right now for a podcast, it might not be the right time to do that. But if you're thinking, oh, I have some time for it, I have a bit of money to put into it, you don't need to buy huge loads of equipment, I would say go for it. You know, mm-hmm. At least give it a try. And you don't have to do podcasting every week. You can do it every other week. If you're putting out quality content, you can do it once a month. You just need to have a frequency that you can stick with and to be able to pump pump out valuable, not pump out a strong way, but to put out valuable content that people will want to listen to. So podcasting your random conversations with friends where you have a fun and a laugh and you think other people are going to enjoy listening to that. Nobody wants to listen to that. So <laughs> they don't know who you are. They don't know who your friends are. Uh, so unless you are exceptionally funny and everybody does start listening to it, which is rare, um, then have a plan with this. You may even just do a series. You may have uh, particular themes, particular things in your topic that you like talk to like to talk about. So you could do a series on one topic and then come back after a break and do a series on another topic podcasting you can do it how you want you can have guests you can have solo shows you can have panels you can do narratives tell stories i mean the choice is yours but you don't want to confuse your listener either they should have a pretty strong sense of what they're going to get when they tune into your podcast and what they're going to come away with yeah i i think you touched on a really important thing there like consistency is king right? So if you're promising a podcast drop every Thursday and for three months you do it and then all of a sudden third month you go away and then six weeks later you're like, oh, I'm back. I'm so sorry. Like 
we've all experienced that on the other side. Don't be that person. So if you can't be consistent, I would say don't, don't start it. I think the other thing too is, is invest in a really good podcasting course so that you Mm. can understand the ins and outs, because it's not just about a microphone and a conversation. There are different ways to market yourself. There's, you know, get it. Do you go on to Apple? Do you go on to Spotify? Like what do you go on to both? Like what makes the most sense? Understanding, um, the terminology and like keywords that you need to have in order to be found. Um, just, yeah. just understanding the whole business of podcasting, I think would level up the confidence. And if you're, if yeah. you don't have time to do that, I would hold off until you do. Um, you don't want to yeah. just flick a switch and be a podcaster and, and not be sure how to get yourself out there. So consistency, knowledge, um, if you don't have time for those, I would, I would just wait and, but don't, don't stay out of the podcasting game. Put yourself out there as a guest for sure. Uh, we said mm. that in the beginning, which I think is really smart move. Um, I think there there are a couple of resources that we can share if that's okay for, sure. for people who may be getting started and want to check out a free course. Uh, so the the people at Buzzsprout who are a podcast hosting platform, they have a podcast which is a free for you to listen to and takes you through all the basics of starting a podcast. Mm. There is also a really good free course from the from the people at Captivate FM. Uh, which you just go onto their website, you can you can get it for free and go through the whole thing. That will give you all the basics that you need to be able to properly start a podcast and at least feel like you know a bit of what you're doing. Mm, love that. That's awesome. And then, of course, there's some fancy paid ones. Oh, yeah. Um, Pat Flynn has one. Pat Flynn's great. Yeah, yeah. Pat Flynn's course is great. Yeah. So check those out. Definitely, definitely do your research and empower yourself to understand all the aspects of the podcasting business aspect of it. Um, I really think, you know, going back to that energy, that will help you bring the energy because you, you know what you're doing. You know, it's important to know what you're doing. So um, that clarity is, is really key. Okay. So what are some factors to consider before launching a podcast? I would say have some decent audio equipment. You don't need to invest a lot of money in it. I would these days start a podcast with video because YouTube now is accepting RSS feeds, which is the feed that most podcasts go out on. But also, why not build your audience there as well? It doesn't take that much longer mm-hmm. these days to edit or have someone else edit video for you of your show as well as your audio. So I, I probably would these days say do do both if you can. Um, but audio is fine as well. And Start off with a few episodes by yourself just to establish yourself. You know, definitely record and get clear on what the concept of the show is. Like, yeah. Who is it for? Yeah. What's it, what's it going to be about? Is it going to be mainly you? Is it going to be you and guests? Or is it going to be purely interviews? Um, and so you can put that in a trailer to let people know what it's going to be about. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, trailer wants to be about a minute to 90 seconds. You maybe want to have a bit of a longer introduction to the show that goes into a bit more detail about what you want to be doing and who you want to be serving, who you are, set, set your credibility and all that kind of stuff. And when you're going to be launching your first episode, give people the opportunity to get into that and have a few episodes ready to go for when you launch so that you can, um, I, I would recommend using a paid podcasting hosting service um, so mentioned a couple already, Buzzsprout and Captivate, but there's more. There's Libsyn, there's Podbean, and a bunch of others. Check out which one you like the look of and sign up for it. Uh, but don't go with Spotify free because you will 
you get what you pay for, basically. Uh, so I would use a paid service for that. And if you have the budget, set things up with systemizations and delegation from the start so that you don't have to do too much work. Because as speakers, we've got a lot on our plates already. We don't want to add too much more to it. I say you should know some of the basics of editing and putting stuff together and producing a show, but far better if you can hand that over to somebody else who knows what they're doing and take that bit of work off your plate. So it's going to it's going to increase your likelihood of being able to stay consistent as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. Um, I think we've you know throughout this we've talked about some of the pitfalls, but um, I think you know we just talked about like time commitment. Uh, your, you know, bandwidth, budget, um, no real measurement of success. Like what, what does success look like? Thinking about all of these things, it's like, a, it's, it's like your speaking business. We think about all of these things. So you want to do the same thing with your podcasting, but I yeah. think a big pitfall, uh, for podcasters is content management. So what yeah. are some ways that we can suggest for the new podcaster? That's like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to start a podcast. I have the knowledge. I know what I want to talk about. I know what the brand essence of my podcast is all about. How do they mon- manage the content so that the content doesn't rule them? Stay ahead of it for starters. Give yourself the opportunity to keep uh, keep an eye on what's going on. This is stuff that you want to be doing for your own business anyway, so it's not going to be too far out of the realms of, of where you want to be thinking. Uh, but plan ahead with your content. Have some different styles of shows. Start thinking about episode episode themes and titles. Um, maybe don't go for super long episodes. You don't have to go super short either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, most of my episodes are, are set if by myself about 10 to 15 minutes. If I do have a guest on, I aim for around 45 minutes, and it usually comes in somewhere around that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, preparation can help you to do all of that, and that can keep things a bit fresher as well. But you want to keep this fresh for you. Keep it fun. Keep it something you're going to enjoy. I think these days we can use some AI tools to help us come up with themes and topics and get some suggestions. So I would encourage you to take advantage of that. We have a, a great episode not too far back with with Jeremy, one of our coaches, who talks exactly about using these tools. I suggest you take advantage of those. Anything that makes your life easier, helps you to create content and stay consistent with it is going to be valuable. We don't want to get to a point of having Uh, sort of fade out with this where it gets too much work or we lose interest in it or it's just not fun anymore and it feels like a real burden Mm -hmm. try and keep it something that you can keep going and and keep it uh, as engaging for yourself as you want it to be for your audience yeah yeah they talk about like batching content or you know some people do do podcasts in the moment there there are those special talented people who could just be like okay (laughs) do you know what today we're going to be talking about you know um but you have to keep it real. And I think mm-hmm. evaluating everything else you have on your plate, what would make the most sense? Uh, a benchmark might be like four weeks ahead of time. So every um, every time, um, I always know like, not the, I don't run a podcast, but just, just a way to measure, like every four weeks, I'm going to record four more weeks of content so that I know that I always have something rolling out on a weekly basis. And this goes back to what you said before. Are you available to do weekly? Maybe it's bi-weekly, maybe it's once a month, but whatever it is, commit to it and then plan 
How are you going to organize that content? It's so critical. I find it really frustrating when like somebody you are following and really value just like fall off the face of the earth and then they come back and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. It was gone for three months, but I'm back now. And I'm like, yeah, but how do I know you're going to stay? <laughs> I'm not going to lose you again. <laughs> I've done it myself. It's not a good idea. Yeah, I, can, not, I can promise right? you that. Um, you know, if, if your audience don't think you're coming back, they may well unsubscribe. Yeah. And, and so you won't get them back in the future. If you know you're going to take a break, let your audience know mm-hmm. and let them know when you're coming back and then come back when you say you're going to. Yes. Well. Yeah, that's, that's really important. Out there. You know, I mean, I hate that word because there's enough room for everyone. But if you kind of wiggle out of the room <laughs> and somebody else takes your space, it's, it's hard to kind of wiggle back in. Well, as, as a, a, a quite one guy I know says, you can either have reasons or results, but you, you can't have both. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you just kind of have to, if you're going to do it, be serious about it. If you're just doing it for fun, it doesn't matter. You don't care about how many listeners you're getting probably. You're just enjoying it. But if you are doing this professionally or at least as part of your professional ecosystem, then be serious about it and uh, not while you're on the show, have fun with that. But uh, but take the production and the content creation side of it seriously as much as you would with anything else that you're doing professionally, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Something that we do in our um, speak framework in module five is we talk about the three-year plan for your speaking business. And for anyone who's listening, who is a student, who is seriously considering a podcast, I would make sure that you add that to your three-year vivid vision of your business um, and really map out what it looks like, you know, in terms of um, listeners' feedback, how are you going to collect that, monetization, is that important to you? Some podcasters aren't interested in that, Um, Mm -hmm. you know. The guests, are you going to have guests on your show? Is it going to be just you speaking, um, resources, support, list building, thinking about that whole picture of what podcasting can do in the next three years, really take some time to plan that because it'll help you make really good decisions to nurture the podcast, to grow it. Cause like you have said, John, over and over, it's not an overnight sensation. It's like, Growing a beautiful flower. <laughs> it needs a lot of water and sunshine. <laughs> I've, been, I've been delivering presentations and workshops around podcasting for, for a number of years now. And um, one thing, one question comes up every single time, which is how do you monetize your podcast? And so if that's why you're starting it, I think you're starting it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's all about the monetization, don't do it. You'll get bored long before you get any money coming in from it. Unless you're already very high profile, in which case your audience is already there, maybe then you can do that. But the sponsorships, you know, really, if you're not pulling in more than 10,000 listeners an episode, um, sponsorships aren't going to be that worth your while. And they're not going to be that interested in you. There are some people who sponsor smaller shows, but we're not talking that much money here. Um, so really, the best way to make money from your podcast is with your own products and services. Mm. So you should be thinking about an ecosystem for your business. Maybe it is that you're getting booked to speak more. Maybe it is that you have uh, you have your own book or several books, or you have uh, an online program or workshops that people can attend those are things that you can easily advertise and your own audience already likes you they're already listening to you they're going to be very interested in that so if you want to monetize a podcast build up an audience build up a relationship with them have the no like and trust elements all there and you can then start to offer your own products and services to your audience 
it's not something I do in the first episode, but once you've warmed things up there, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that, I just want to add, if you're a speaker and you're seriously considering a podcast, I would strongly suggest that it's around your niche as a speaker. Oh yeah. Right. Um, you could have a hobby, you know, like you might like knitting and you want to do a podcast about knitting, that's fine, but I would keep that separate. Um, but if you're podcasting around a specific niche, make sure it supports your, your speaking because it does become a branch of the business. So that's really important. Um, yeah. and that builds that trust. People, people want to yeah. know you for that specific thing and podcasting around that helps it. That's, that's one of the reasons why as well I say that it's important to be selective about the shows that you go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been invited on to shows that have nothing to do with my topics or what, what, I, what I'm all about. And whilst they can be fun, they're not necessarily going to help you. Some of them could hurt you to be out there, yeah. especially if they, don't, if they don't fit with your brand and, and maybe give people a bit of a different sense of you that isn't really who they thought you were. That could work against you. So yeah. we want to want to keep consistency. And I know it feels like, oh, well, you, you have to keep yourself somewhat tight to your brand. You do to some degree. You want to stay with how you want your audience to be seeing you or hearing you and the message you want to be getting to them. Because anything that weakens that is going to hurt you professionally. Yeah, that's great. All right, let's get into some uh, fun questions so our audience oh, can get good. to know you better. Um this is great. A lot of great information. I think whether you start a podcast or you start guesting on a podcast, I think you have some some valuable, tip, valuable tips and tricks here. So uh, thanks so much for that. Um, okay. So I'd love to know what is your favorite place, beach, mountain, lake, or something else or somewhere else? <sighs> Well, gosh, my, my favorite place probably has to be my, my home country, even though I did move to, to live in Spain, <laughs> but I do still, I do still love going back to England. But if, if I'm sort of in my ideal happy place, I like to, I like peacefulness. I probably like the, the lake really. Mm-hmm. I'm not a sunbather. I'm not much of a hiker, so I'm probably not going to be, um, you know, hiking the mountains too much. Um, but we have a house here uh, outside Valencia that is kind of in the mountains but also by a lake Mm. that for me is perfection so that's my happy place yeah love it okay um what would what would be the first thing you would do if you won a million dollars in the lottery Oh boy! Uh, I was actually having this conversation just uh, just a few days ago because uh, we were talking about the the Spanish lottery that we've uh, entered for Christmas. No, that's not a million dollars, but it's still it's still a substantial amount of money. Um, we we're halfway through renovating our house mm-hmm. up in the mountains, so uh, we we would probably get that finished. Um, there's some stuff we can help our families out with. We would want to do that. Um, there's some causes we care about. We can help people with. We would want to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think some of it might even go towards promoting and helping me with my podcast. There you know. go. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we have we have plans. I know. Yeah. I think we burn through a million dollars pretty quick. I think. <laughs> awesome. All right. What is your favorite meal of the day? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? 
it should be breakfast with a proper English breakfast. And I do love that. But most days I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> so I have to say, I'd have to say lunch because uh, I usually have my lunch around two o'clock in the afternoon. And by that time, I'm super hungry and I'm just really happy to eat. So I, I have to say lunch. I would imagine you're super hungry. All right. <laughs> lunch it is. If you had to choose a specific workout or activity, would it be in a gym Definitely not a hike because you just said that. Yoga mm. or something else? <laughs> you know, I, I don't mind going to the gym. I, I can enjoy it sometimes. And and yoga, I, I used to do a lot, but not so much recently. My, my favorite exercise really is is swimming. Mm. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm very happy there. I just I find it meditative. Mm. Uh, but other than that, I, I actually really enjoy martial arts. Uh, oh. uh, one of them being Tai Chi, which also very slow and meditative, uh, but also some of the more active ones as well, particularly uh, ninjutsu and, um, and a few other things so i have a i have a few black belts which uh, a lot of people don't know about me but uh, wow yeah, uh, it's, uh, to see you do well, a I, I enjoy that on rick at the team retreat <laughs> <laughs> I, I do you know a lot of what i enjoy about it is also there's there's philosophy behind it as yeah. well and i'm a big i'm a big philosophy fan and a uh, bit of a nerd for it so yeah I, I love all those aspects to it nice nice all right ninja john who knew <laughs> all right something you would love to change in this world Oh boy, there are so many things. I mean, right now, I think it would have to be uh, an an end to war. Let's have peace in the world. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of torn between that and fixing the climate. I, I want both of those things, but uh, the, the hostility is very on, on people's minds right now. And uh, yeah, let's have some peace. That yeah. would be nice. Peace would be great. I agree. Well, this was awesome. So appreciate your time and your wisdom and all your years of podcasting knowledge. I know, um, you know, for all of our listeners who are either working a podcast or guesting on podcast or thinking about doing either or, um, there's definitely some benefits to everything that we talked about today. And so I just think it's, it's really about assessing if it's the right thing for you. Um, and, and the right thing for your audience comes naturally if it's the right thing for you it's kind of like parenting right if the parents are happy yeah. kids happy. <laughs> yeah you shouldn't feel too lost with it you, you're gonna yeah. have a good sense of where you're going totally yeah. well we appreciate you we thank you so much for thank all you. you do for our students here at the speaker lab you're a phenomenal coach and our students are very blessed by by your coaching skills and ability and support um if you are not a student here at the coaching lab, uh, the coaching lab, hello, the speaker lab, <laughs> come on over and check us out at thespeakerlab.com. We hope you have a wonderful day and thanks so much for uh, joining us today. All right. Thanks, John. Here at the Speaker Lab, we pride ourselves on the amazing caliber and diversity of our coaching team. In addition to decades of experience and building a speaking business, each of our coaches has a unique specialty ranging from self-discovery to executive leadership, to spirituality, to marketing, to writing, and more. And so whatever path you want to forge as a speaker, you can find someone with the experience and wisdom to guide you on our coaching team. If you've ever thought about working with our incredible team, it is a great time to take the next step. So I want you to head to the Speaker 
speakerlab.com slash corner. Again, that is the speakerlab.com slash corner to learn more. Also, if you enjoyed today's podcast, our podcast is full of similar Coaches Corners episodes, interviews with incredible professional speakers, and so much more. So I want you to check it out over at thespeakerlab.com slash podcast. Finally, got a huge favor to ask of you. I want you to leave us a rating or review for this show. We read every single one of them, helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can also use to build their speaking careers. And thanks as always for listening, and we'll see you next time.